We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, TMI, I. Too much internet information. That's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on Geico.com you can save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. 
You can use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit on DraftKings, and that'll get you a free contest entry today. Wednesday, October 21st, the year 2015. Nick Whalen here, joined as I always am on Wednesdays by Mike Doria. Mike, another week in the NFL, another Pats win in the NFL, and another Jaguars loss. So right. uh, just a, just another normal week for us. Well, we're we're back to the future today. Today's the the uh, the old back to the future thing. Uh, you know, when when I first saw that movie before you were born, it seemed like so long um, before the the October twenty first two thousand fifteen day would arrive, and here we are. And uh, it's just a it's another routine um, week seven in the NFL for us. Uh, not everything came true, you know that that movie uh, portrayed, but. Uh, yeah, like uh, there's a lot of things in the they, they were talking about this on ESPN today. A lot of the things in the NFL that they do uh, seem like they're not from the future. No, you very know? true. You're, you're not going to like this, and I, I neglected to to tell anybody this in the off today. But I've never seen Back to the Future. Uh, as you know, I don't watch many movies. I am somewhat of a the Michael Jordan of not watching movies. Well, I'll spare you the great ways. Scott uh, in Christopher Lloyd voice uh, exclamation. But uh, <laughs> thank you, great Scott. That's uh, I know, I know. This is up there, you know, and people ask what movies I've seen or, you know, bring up a movie and ask if I've seen it. The answer is almost always no. And, yeah, this is one that usually elicits the, what? I it's, hope you've not seen it. It's classic. It's iconic. There's, I know, there's even a little know, sports angle, like sort of predating fantasy sports. The, uh, the uh, Marty finds the, uh, the almanac and uh, wins a bunch of money uh, betting on sports, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, there's something about the Cubs, right? As you can imagine, for me, this has been a very confusing day to be on the internet because people are making all these memes and all these references, and I just kind of nod and pretend. They didn't really talk about football in uh, Back to the Future, but the 2015 World Series was portrayed as the Cubs winning over the Miami franchise. Now, people got a little... Was there even a Miami franchise back then? I'm looking this up. This came out in 1985. was a futuristic uh, franchise called Oh, good foresight. Yeah, there's there's lots of that stuff, but uh, you know, unless the Cubs uh, rally here and it's not looking good, they're down three games to none. They're down in the game, unless they uh, pull Theo Epstein back from three games to to none. Uh, epic comeback number two. It's not gonna uh, it's not gonna come to fruition. No, and it would be great, I think, to get another uh, repeat of the '04 Red Sox. I know you're a big Red Sox guy, so maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want that to to kind of live on as the comeback in well, baseball, you know, maybe in sports. I really. wouldn't mind seeing the Cubs win. They've they've suffered long enough. They have, um, but as we record here, they uh, they just fell behind four zero in the first inning. So things not looking up for the Cubs. Maybe as we as yeah. we look back on this podcast, I think we can accurately predict that they're not going to win this game or this series. And uh, I guess the the focus of this podcast is to to be more accurate than uh, some of the Back to the Future predictions. And uh, and with that in mind, let's, let's, get to uh, it. let's rock on the injury Yeah, enough report. baseball talk. Um, you know, before we get into the injuries, as we always like to remind you, the podcast and all of our Rotowire podcasts are available on iTunes. They're available on Stitcher. You can get them directly from the Rotowire website. If you just go to rotowire.com slash podcast, you can stream and download MP3 files there. Uh, very easy to do, and, you know, that makes it, basically as easy as possible for you to get them on whatever device you like and listen to them at your convenience. Before we get into the injuries for each team, just a reminder, the teams on bye this week, Cincinnati, Denver, and Green Bay, 
all three undefeated teams right now. So if you're in survivor pools or pick'em pools, some of the teams that you've probably been riding these first six weeks, not available. So that should make things interesting. And then the Chicago Bears are the final team on by in week seven. Looking ahead to week eight, uh, Jacksonville and Buffalo will be on by next week. They're, of course, the London game this week. And that's how the NFL likes to do that, give them that extra week after the long trip back to the States. And then Philadelphia and Washington. Yeah, and with that in mind, Nick, it's just a, it's, you know, whether or not we talk about it specifically regarding the players, but um, teams heading into the bye, if there's a player that's a little banged up and uh, there's any question uh, regarding that player's health, a lot of times uh, teams will sort of take that uh, bye into account there and maybe uh, go cautious and let the player rest a little little longer. So you're looking at Buffalo, Philadelphia, Washington, Jacksonville, uh, names that come to mind, Deshaun Jackson, maybe Sammy Watkins, perhaps T.J. Eldon. I, I'm not really sh- don't have a good feel on T.J. Eldon, but we'll we'll get there. But that's just that's just a general point to remember. Always always know uh, not not only who is on by this week, but who's on by next week because it can definitely affect the the strategy of coaches in in terms of uh, whether or not to rest a player uh, to get them that much healthier. All right, so let's get right to it. We'll start in the AFC East. The New England Patriots, uh, fresh off that win over Indianapolis on Sunday victory. night, the glorious victory. Um, yeah, I think the the play that Indianapolis tried uh, on that fourth down is what really ended up stealing yeah, the show. And the, kinda, uh, the the theme music from the Benny Hill show. That that was. Do just, I even have what is the Benny Hill show? Well, I think uh, many of our listeners out there probably have that uh, on their iPod, but uh, it is a. Uh, it's the kind of music that you ex- expect to see when there's some ridiculously chaotic Keystone Cup-esque uh, action happening. And that's, I mean, it, it It was one of those things that before I even figured out what was going on, the, the Colts had already, you know, messed it up in, in quite humorous fashion. I mean, obviously they were trying to uh, get the Patriots to move, maybe, uh, you know, get a penalty call or something like that. But it was just, it was just comical. It absolutely was, and I, I don't often find myself laughing out loud during NFL football games, but and even as a Jaguars fan, uh, but that that was something else that took things uh, definitely to another level. And like right. we said, and that it kinda, was a very deflating thing for the oh, for the Colts. Oh wow, yeah, unbelievable! I, had to. I need I, had to. I need some sort of like slide whistle sound effect for that one. Uh, but looking at the Patriots' injuries as they now move into Week Seven, they're undefeated. Uh, as are those three teams on by that we mentioned earlier. They host the New York Jets, the one loss. New York Jets, that's a noon game on Sunday. Deion Lewis, limited in practice on Wednesday. Sounds like he's you know leaning toward playing uh, maybe more of a rest day than anything else. He led the Patriots' backs with 39 snaps uh, on Sunday night against Indianapolis. LeGarrette Blunt, of course, in that mix as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Deion Lewis, he was limited today. I think that was just kind of routine. I mean, the, the, the as, as I've mentioned a few times, the Patriots are not inflating their injury report just yet. But the uh, the beat writers were, were speculating that uh, that Lewis was a little bit limited in that game. Um, like you said, he had the 39 snaps um, compared to LeGarrette Blunt's 29. But I think I think we've sort of, uh, you know, the, the pecking order in the uh, the Patriots' backfield is pretty well established where, where Lewis is getting plenty of catches, plenty of looks in the passing game. But LeGarrette Blunt is definitely you know, the the primary ball carrier there. And uh, the, the excitement over Deion Lewis at the beginning of the year when he, you know, was getting the majority of the carries, he's still very usable in PPR formats, but, but Blunt is doing the heavy lifting. And, um, you know, essentially Deion Lewis is kind of, 
you know, he's turned into the Shane Vereen, um, you know, the 2015 edition. You know, good a good PPR guy, and then Blunt's a good guy, uh, you know, in yardage, TD-heavy leagues. And, right. And again, Lewis, there, there's no doubt he's playing this week unless there's some unexpected setback there. Right. Ever since LeGarrette Blunt has come back, Lewis has been maybe a little bit more valuable as a receiver, a PPR guy, like you said. And, you know, oftentimes you look at some backfields where there's a split with two or three guys and you kind of want to avoid it. But as good as this New England offense has been, I'm still pretty comfortable rostering both of these guys most weeks. Are you? Well, like I said, uh, Lewis in PPR formats, uh, Blunt in, in, in the other formats. And, and every once in a while, the, the, the Patriots are going to throw you that curveball where where Lewis gets all the carries and Blunt's, Blunt gets none. But in, in general, I think it's it, it works well with their offense to have the power guy and then and then the uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, another thing that um, – there's a couple things to mention here, uh, guys that are not technically on the injury report. Uh, Julian Edelman – uh, is not listed on the injury report, but anybody who saw that game could see that he had a finger issue. Uh, definitely affected him on a few few passes. One indirectly led to a touch, or actually directly, directly. Led, led to a touchdown there. Um, but you know the the Patriots weren't going to punish him for that. Uh, he's just too valuable in their offense. And uh, and even though the uh, the Boston Herald was saying that uh, that 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 uh, finger's been a little goofy there for a while. Um, he's not on the injury report. He's going to play, and he's going to see plenty of targets. And um, looking a little bit ahead, as we touched on last week, uh, Brandon LaFell is eligible to come off the pup list this week. I, I'm not sure that he will, probably not. But there's a guy that if he's sitting around the waiver wire in your league, uh, he's he's going to, if, if healthy, reclaim that um, number two Patriots wideout job, which – which led to some pretty good, good numbers for Danny Amendola in uh, in week six. So, Brandon LaFell did the job last year, uh, surprised a lot of people in fantasy, and because he was on the pup list, is probably out there as a free agent in a lot of leagues. Yeah, yeah, definitely a guy to keep an eye on, and a guy that you know in most leagues a lot of people have probably forgotten about. So, if you can get him on the waiver wire early, definitely a guy to target. The Buffalo Bills they play the London game as we mentioned this week. They're already over in London. I think they got over there on Monday. It sounds like Jacksonville's not getting there till Friday, which seems like a pretty odd idea it's to me. Miss, but, missing you know, out on I'm the not, fish and chips upside that London provides. Well, there's that and just you know the time change, things like that. But hey, you know I'm not the Jaguars travel coordinator. Yeah, that's a good point. You know I'm thinking about the fish and chips because it's, it's here. <laughs> I love it's, fish and it's, chips. It's I've... dinner time in Madison, and I'm thinking about the fish and chips, and you're correctly thinking about the time difference, which is something that we 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 almost uh, never talk about. But uh, that's that's something that. You know, they, the players leave Sunday or Monday, and they just have a, a few days for their bodies to to adjust to that. And it's, you know, anyone who's traveled overseas knows that it's not always the easiest thing to overcome. So it's the NFL is definitely, uh, you know, at the expense of the players' uh, routines and bodies. Uh, you know, it's they're uh, they're they're doing the London thing. It's obviously economically uh, motivated. Um, and, and it then, is, but I don't know. I don't know if you're sending them the the possible Eli Manning. Excuse me, Eli Manning, um, EJ Manuel, I should say the EJ Manuel led Bills versus the Jaguars. I don't know if if that's the matchup you want to to spark interest in London, but it is nice to see them. I mean, this is the second London game of the year. Jacksonville, I think, is signed on to play there for at least you know five yeah, or I ten think more the years. Jacksonville is kind of like the the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving thing, where you know Jacksonville is the London thing. So we can't be Jacksonville's team. Maybe we can be London's team. I mean, uh, Rex Ryan. I, I guess they just figured that that would be that would 
bring some entertainment right. to that. To, and to it, that it table. will be an entertaining matchup. I think. It, I think maybe if if Tyrod Taylor, he's the first guy we'll talk about on the injury report. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday, pretty much fifty fifty. It sounds like right now he did make the trip with the Bills. You know, if he doesn't play this, this game maybe even gets a little bit more interesting from a competition standpoint, just with how bad Jacksonville's looked. Lately. Well, yeah, you got to wake up early in the morning. Um, I think it's know, an eight thirty Central time start. Yeah, so, so the inactives we'll, we'll are going to come in. I guess it's seven o'clock Central, so that's like eight eight a.m. Um, you know, Eastern time. So if you're if you're considering anyone like Taylor, you you're going to have to get up at the crack of dawn for a Sunday. I mean, for some people, that's that's no big deal, but uh, I know that. Uh, there's going to be a five something uh, on my alarm clock this Sunday, as I as I roll into uh, into HQ, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll I'll write some good coherent notes about that. But, uh, Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, limited in practice today, splitting the uh, the snaps with EJ Manuel. Uh, don't have a great sense of whether or not he's going to play or not. That should reveal itself over the. Uh, Next couple of days, I think by Friday we'll have a pretty good idea of uh, who's getting the nod. But uh, Tyrod Taylor, there was talk about you know if Manuel does well in uh, in his place that that he could he could assume the job. But I, I just think that was that was just some chatter. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that. I think if he plays like really really well, maybe that maybe that chatter gets a little bit louder. But at the same time, it's kind of an odd situation playing in London. They're playing the Jaguars. You know, it'd be one thing if they were matched up against you know a much better team this week and ej Manuel played well and led them to a win but i just don't know how much you can take away uh you know from a game against jacksonville in london and like i said in kind of odd circumstances two more guys we're taking a look at from the bills carlos williams did not make the trip over to london so he's obviously ruled out unless he's taking his own means of transportation yeah, over there I mean, maybe he's uh, gonna hop on the jags plane rex ryan there were several bills that didn't make the trip and rex ryan uh, specifically said that they're they're not ruled out so i guess you know they could hop on the Concord if if such a thing exists and uh, get over there and play. But yeah, you can pretty much rule out Carlos Williams, Percy, Percy Harvin as well. He uh, he was dealing with a hip injury, but uh, the reason stated for his uh, his absence now is a personal non injury related thing. So hopefully everything's okay with him, but he's not going to be playing this week. Sammy Watkins is another guy who's a little bit banged up there, or actually very banged up and. Um, I mean, along with uh, Taylor, he's a guy that, uh, you know, especially especially Watkins, it, it, it just seems that in order to maybe get him right, you know, with a bye, looking ahead at a bye in week eight, they'll probably err on the side of, uh, you know, caution there. And that, that'll that lead to maybe some extra targets for Charles Clay, maybe uh, Robert Woods, even Chris Hogan, if you're uh, digging deep at the wideout position in anticipation of uh, Watkins probably being out there. Miami Dolphins, they host Houston. That's a noon game. Very very noon-heavy slate uh, this week. I guess you, you kind of have an anomaly with that, one, with that one London game. Only two late games. Uh, I guess maybe that's, the, that's the, the thing that's a little odd. I think they basically pulled one of the late games to make it the London game. Hmm. So, yeah, not a lot of choice uh, if, you're, if you're watching those two late games. Uh, but we'll get to those later. Kenny Stills, limited on Wednesday for Miami with a back injury. Sounds like he's leaning toward playing. Uh, and the other note for the Dolphins, Jay Ajayi, the rookie out of Boise State. He's been on short-term IR with a rib injury. He's expected to begin practicing this week, but you know, remember he can't be back until week nine because of that short-term IR designation. Yeah, I mean, that's a guy that a lot of people were fired up about before he got placed on the short-term, um, sh- short-term IR. And, um, I mean, Lamar Miller has definitely, he's the lead back. And, and you know, 
they still won't give him more than 19 carries uh, since 2013. That's his uh, that's his high, and uh, he he did that last week. Um, so really, you're just trying to know who the, who his backup is right now. At the moment, it looks like Jonas Gray may have kind of supplanted Damian Williams, but I mean, I think that uh, you know, depending on injuries and just depending on how Ajayi looks, uh, I mean, he, he supposedly looked good in practice today. He could eventually sort of uh, assume that number two role and. Somehow down, you know, down the stretch, he might actually make a fantasy splash. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he looked good in college, you know, and there was that talk of the uh, the, the knee issue that uh, a pre-existing condition that could affect him in the future type thing led him to fall in the draft. But uh, I'm interested to see what he can do once he finally gets on the field for the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he's a pretty high upside guy, and you know, you ha- you have to wonder with missing half the season by the time he's able to come back. Yeah, how much they're going to be willing to integrate him right away. Definitely not worth a flyer, I would say, uh, you know, on the waiver wire right away in week nine. But, you know, if if, if he proves it right away, you know, if they prove right away, I guess that he's going to be in that rotation. I think he could be worth a look by week 10 A little bit of a high upside roster stash. I mean, do you, if you're you're sitting there with Damian Williams on your bench, maybe maybe cycle that out or something like that. Right, right. If you have a position like that, for sure. The New York Jets, they're at New England. Again, that's a noon game. Chris Owusu, limited with a knee injury. Wednesday, he had that knee scoped a couple weeks ago, so he's back at practice on a limited basis. Sounds like he's going to be questionable this week. Yeah, he could he could in, you know get himself into the number three wide out mix there, but right now it's uh, Brandon Marshall and, and, and Eric Decker, the top two targets there. Uh, Bilal Paul, um, he's, he's a little iffy this week, but you know Chris Ivory, as long as that guy stays healthy, they're just going to give him the ball. Uh, but if if Paul if, if uh, Bilal Powell is unable to go, and I guess if you're like really digging deep in a PPR format, maybe Zach Stacy takes some of that change of pace work. But that's that's a bit of a reach there. Yeah, I think they're all climbing aboard the Chris Ivory train at this point, and for good reason. Uh, one last note, not an injury, but Quincy Inunua. Uh, kind of a reserve receiver, I guess, just eight catches on the season. He did have a 10-target game earlier in the year against Philadelphia, however. Uh, Quincy Nunn was suspended four games, personal conduct policy. Uh, he did only have two catches last game uh, against Washington, but you know, a guy that if for some reason you had your eye on him on the waiver wire, uh, probably want to take your eye off him for at least the next four weeks. All right, let's turn now to the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're at Kansas City. That's a noon game on Sunday. Ben Roethlisberger, the big name we're keeping an eye on here, limited at practice Wednesday. Sounds like he's kind of trying to increase his activity, test out that knee a little bit. Uh, but I think the general perception is still that this is going to be a start for Landry Jones this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you keep on hearing that it's a long shot that Big Ben starts. I mean, if anyone's going to, like, you know, go against the odds and maybe pull a, su- a surprise start, it, it, it's him. But, you know, I think uh, he's an important enough player that they don't want to you know, rush him back back out there and expose him to, uh, you know, further hits when he's, you know, he's not necessarily the most mobile quarterback to begin with. And if he's like statue, you know, statue in the pocket with a with a bulky brace, uh, you know, I don't care how big and tough he is. It's 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 not a good idea to throw him out there. And and, and Landry Jones, to be fair, you know, he played well enough um, in relief of Mike Vick last week. And and Vick is dealing with a hamstring injury that kind of essentially eliminates him from the uh, starting com- conversation this week. So it, it would be kind of interesting, you know, and obviously, you know, Landry Jones never gets his opportunity to finish that game. He went 8 of 12, uh, two touchdowns, 168 yards as they beat Arizona. But 
it, you kind of have to wonder what Mike Vick wasn't super effective in, in as a replacement to Ben Roethlisberger, and you got to wonder if both guys were equally healthy, who they would end up going with. Um, Landry Jones, a guy who started four years at Oklahoma, not very experienced at the NFL level. I mean, the 12 attempts that he had against Arizona were his first 12 attempts uh, of his NFL career. But, you know, as ineffective as Michael Vick was, you know, a lot of checkdowns, was able to do a couple things with his legs, especially late in that game against San Diego to get them down the field. You kind of have to wonder who they would have leaned toward. But, you know, with Vick having that, that little tear in his hamstring, it sounds like if Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to go, like we said, sounds like a long shot right now, that it's going to be Landry Jones. How, if you're looking at this from the perspective of Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, Le'Veon Bell, are you backing off those guys at all this week? Well, you, you take a look at the box score, and uh, Martavis Bryant in his first game back uh, from his suspension after he was deactivated the week before, he actually caught two pa- uh, touchdown passes uh, once uh, uh, Landry Jones went in the game. Uh, I'm not saying that you know that that's the kind of chemistry that is sustainable, but obviously they they got on the same page, and uh, I mean there's a little bit of upside there for Martavis Bryant, who had ended up with six catches, 137 yards, two TDs, again both from Jones um Antonio Brown eight targets three catches for 24 yards it's it's really tough to bench a guy like that he, he he's probably your first or second round draft pick uh in the daily uh in the daily conversation though you know he's maybe not going to be worth his salary this week but as soon as Big Ben comes back I think that 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 is order is going to be restored there Marcus Wheaton another quiet week another I mean, he he just did not take advantage of his opportunity. Now Bryant's back. You know, he might catch some passes here and there, but he's he, he needs an injury to happen. And and even if that happens, he he didn't really do much with it. Uh, you know, the, the first uh, portion of the season there. But uh, Martavis Bryant, I mean, that that guy looks great. And um, you know, didn't really show any rust. Um, you know, I was a little bit a uh, little little bit worried. That uh, he'd he'd sustain that uh, that minor knee issue that kept him out of his, the first week that he, they they could have brought him back, but obviously he's fine. Yeah, yeah, he looked excellent, especially in that eighty-eight yard uh, long TD that accounted for most of his yardage and most of Landry Jones's as well. But uh, you know, it all counts when we're talking fantasy. Baltimore Ravens—they're at Arizona. That's a Monday night game. Justin Forsett did not practice on Wednesday, basically in the same situation that he was in last week. Of course, he ended up playing. Dennis Pitta, a name we, we really haven't heard from in a while, a guy that you know has talked about maybe going to have a career-ending injury with that, with that hip issue. Um, sounds like he's going to try to get back to practice this week. He's been on the pup list. I mean, a guy that was very productive when healthy, but you just got to wonder how effective he can be coming off of such a serious injury. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely, definitely wait-and-see territory there. I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be plenty of tight end churn you know over, over the next few weeks with buys and everything maybe he enters the fantasy equation down the road but that's I'll, I'll believe it when I see it I mean um, I, I certainly hope that uh, that he is able to come back from from that injury it, it certainly looked like his career might be in danger definitely a season so it's encouraging that that uh, they're, they're talking about him maybe giving it a try but uh, I, mean, I think uh that's kind of how it went last year, and then it, it, they, that didn't really work out too well. So, again, you know, good luck to him, but, um, yeah, nothing nothing to uh, count on right away there. Right, and I think that's a big reason that they went out and got Max Williams in the draft. I don't think they're – they're certainly not planning for Dennis Pitta to be back to, uh, you know, the Dennis Pitta that we saw from 2010 to 2013. Only played in three games last season. 
uh, suffering that hip injury against Cleveland uh, back in week three. So, yeah, I mean, a guy, like you said, wait and see. Uh, definitely not somebody you want to be scrambling to go yeah. and get by any means. And we're going we're gonna to get more on the uh, the Ravens injury report uh, as well as the Cardinals there um, right. on Thursday. Uh, the Ravens did uh, have some activities today, enough for, for us to mention that Forsett didn't practice. But he didn't practice a couple days last week, and he ended up you know seeing most of the touches there. Um, got involved in the passing game, and you know I, I was a little skeptical that he'd be able to keep it up this year. But he uh, went healthy. He's 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 been doing it. And but Steve Smith, Steve Smith got, just continues to be Steve Smith. I'm Mike, no longer surprised by anything this man does. I mean, just saying micro fractures in the back kind of like makes me like sore. It makes me think, hey, I'm gonna go play an NFL football game and dominate. Yeah, and uh, you know he came back. Went stepped right back in with the heavy targets, uh, caught a bunch of passes. He's Steve Smith, and uh, I, earlier this on this podcast we were talking about how he's uh, planning on hanging up his uh, cleats after this year. And you know, I don't doubt a sincerity there, but man, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him play another year. No, absolutely not, especially at the level that he's been able to uh, to keep playing at this season. The Cleveland Browns—they're at St. Louis, another noon game. Duke Johnson, not listed on the injury report. He, of course, played last season. He's kind of last season, last week. He's a part of that that three-back system. Um, I talked about that with DVR on the podcast on Monday. We like we both like Duke Johnson as kind of the highest upside guy of those three. But Well, he gets involved in the passing right, game, and that's, and that's the, the easiest uh, you know advantage that he has over the other guys. I mean, um, Crowell had 11 carries last week. Johnson had nine. Robert Turbin. You know, former Seahawk uh, came came off uh, an, an ankle injury. Actually, got ten carries. Didn't didn't do a whole lot of, with them, but uh, he, he's in, he's involved enough to complicate things for uh, Corral and uh, Johnson owners. But fortunately for Johnson owners, he does catch the passes, and um, that gives him some upside in PPR formats. Definitely, Gary Barnage, a guy who's really broken out this season at the tight end position, pretty much out of nowhere. I see you shaking your head, and I feel the same way. Uh, he was a limited participant on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Any comments on Gary Barnage? Well, I'm kind of angry that I didn't pick him up in, in any leagues. Even though he had when he had a kind of a breakout game earlier in the season, I just decided he was going to be like, one and done. I think his name alone like deters me and, and probably a lot of other people from like buying into him. Like, I, I, mean, I just have a hard time believing a guy named Gary Barnage could be successful in the NFL in 2015. I don't have a problem with his name, but if you just look, you know, if, if, if such a thing as a Gary Barnage football card existed in in this office, you'd look at the back of his card, you'd see his age, you'd see, like, yeah, the most catches he's ever had in his career is 13, and he's, like, 30 years old. Uh, he plays for the Browns. Um, you know, there, there just didn't seem to be any sort of built-in upside there. Uh, you know, maybe when he was younger, I, I don't really remember any Gary Barnage buzz when he was entering, you know, the NFL, you know, as, as, as there it tends to be with like uh, unproven players, you know, there's the, the excitement of the unknown. But after a few years of not doing much, uh, this is just like finding like a $20, $20 bill on the, on the ground, you know. Yeah, right. In a lot of ways, the guy was a fifth-round pick of Carolina in 2008 coming out of Louisville, so I believe that would have placed him on those those good Brian Brom teams uh, <laughs> that had so much success back when Louisville uh, was kind of dominating the Big East for a little bit there. Uh, spent the 2009 season with Carolina, was out of the league, came back uh, to Carolina in 2012, and then, you know, of course, resurfaced with Cleveland in 2013. He has 
27 receptions for 413 yards through six games this season. Both of those are far and away career highs. He's basically already set. He basically like eclipses his career high in yeah, every category by like week three the this season. I mean, uh, looking at the stats today, I think he's number three in yardage and uh, number tied, tied for second with uh, five TDs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like at the beginning of the year, we were like talking about, you know, you got to get Gronkowski or, or Kelsey. Otherwise, you know, there's just a huge drop off. But, you know, any, anyone who lucked into Gary Barnage, at least, you know, the production that he's, uh, you know, put, put out to date, that, that's just a really nice bonus. Although I'm guessing that a lot of people didn't really have faith to, you know, put him in the lineup at, yeah. until after he did it for a couple of weeks. But right now he's definitely, you know, more reliable than a lot of the, the bigger names, you know. like I, I would He take... has as many catches for first downs as Rob Gronkowski. Well, the, he's all, that, Gronk's already also played one fewer game, which that's, is worth noting. Yeah, there you go. That's about the only time that <laughs> those two guys should ever really be in the same sentence. Okay. But, uh, but you know, there's a lot of guys like, uh, you know, Vernon Davis and, you know, just a, a bunch of... The household names. Guys yeah. maybe who are bigger names than their, than their stats. The, the Kyle the Rudolphs of right, the world. Right, right, exactly. And just, you know, there, there, there's, there's guys in the league, you know, like Greg Olson and, and Kelsey, as we mentioned, that are... That are getting it done, and uh, Jimmy Graham kind of had a good week finally um, this week. But man, when you look at the stats, it's like uh, you're like, "Whoa, what, what's Gary Barnage doing uh, with Jimmy Graham's stats?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, is he the biggest breakout guy, real quickly, uh, for you this season? I think it's like it's got to be like between him and Devontae Freeman at this point, right? I mean, there are maybe a couple other names you can well, include, but those two, as far as coming out of nowhere to, to really be elite guys at their position so far. I mean, at least with Devontae Freeman last year, there was a little bit of excitement when he was a rookie, um, you know, between injuries and everything and Tevin Coleman coming in there, there just wasn't very much. Um, people weren't really looking at him as a, as a, as a high upside guy. Uh, Coleman had some injuries, and, uh, and and then he just, you know, literally took the job and ran with it, whereas Barnage was just not even, you know, not even on the radar. No one in their wildest imagination would have would have guessed that he would be a guy that we're talking about for probably about as much time as we usually spend talking about either the Jaguars, Patriots, <laughs> or NFL football jerseys. jerseys. Blaine yeah. Gabbard. Um, finishing out the, AF- or the, yeah, the AFC North, Cincinnati. Uh, like we said, is on a bye week, so we'll check in with them next week. AFC South, speak of the devil, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the first team dun, we'll speak dun, of dun, here. Dun, dun. They, uh, they're they technically the home team, so they're, they're willing to give up a home game, apparently, uh, to play in London. Uh, they face the Buffalo Bills, as we said. TJ Yeldon did not practice, has not practiced as of Wednesday. That groin issue kept him out of the game uh, against the Houston Texans on Sunday. That was a loss. Uh, Blake Bortles was the leading rusher in that game for Jacksonville. <laughs> so if you put your faith in Denard Robinson, who was coming back for that knee injury, or Toby Gerhardt, uh, who was, I guess, technically the featured back. If, if well, you he wanted, was he was the starter, and he actually had more carries than Denard Robinson. Right. So uh, I, I, there you I, have it. We use the term featured back very, very lightly on the Rotowire Football Podcast. But yeah, like I said, Blake Bortles, the leading rusher in this game. Toby Gerhardt, Denard Robinson, really unable to get anything going. If Yeldon can't go again, uh, I think we'll probably end up seeing a similar split. You know, maybe Bortles doesn't lead the team in rushing, but yeah. I'm not looking for an explosive performance against this Buffalo. Well, front you think seven. that Denard Robinson, you know, now in his second game back, might be able to do a little bit more, especially you know in the passing game. But uh, yeah, neither of those guys really uh, you know ran with it. Um, and you know, the 
the Bills, it's not not really an optimal ma- matchup for uh, running backs anyway. So as long as there's like any sort of timeshare there, and that's where it probably would go if Yeldon isn't able to go. Uh, what's your take on Yeldon, though? What do you think his chances of uh, suiting up this week are? You know, I guess the fact that they are making the trip so late in the week makes it a little bit more difficult to discern. You know, we look at, we just talked about the Bills and, you know, guys like Percy Harvin not making the trip over there. You know, we can all but rule them out. Uh, with the Elden, we might have to wait until Friday to see when that plane leaves. You know, if he doesn't make the trip, then obviously he's not going to play, and, and they might even bring him over there. Well, they're they're going to be headed over there before that, though, right? I believe I read that they were going on Friday. Wow. Which I th- yeah, like I said, I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm pretty certain that's what I heard. I'm assuming maybe it would be maybe they arrive Friday. I don't know exactly yeah. how the time changes work there, but uh, well, we we won't we won't uh, bicker over the uh, Jags art- itinerary there. No. But yeah, it's. Uh, you know that back to that point where uh, we were saying that if, it, if the guy's like a little bit uh, m- more on the questionable side than probable, and and the team is going to be on by next week, it's maybe not the worst idea to to try to like you know save him for week eight. Especially that's the kind of injury that's really easy to aggravate. You can you can you can you can test it out in practice, but groins and hamstrings. Um, you know that's that, that's the kind of thing that's easily aggravatable if, if if such a word exists. So I searched Jaguars flying to London and Syracuse.com, uh, a local a local paper in the obviously the Syracuse area near the Buffalo area, uh, has a, has an article entitled "Why a Sleep Specialist Thinks the Buffalo Bills Will Beat the Jaguars in London." Nice. And uh, here's here's an excerpt here. According to a sleep specialist that spoke to Yahoo Sports, the Bills have a huge edge on the Jaguars because they arrived in London on Monday morning while Gus Bradley elected to have the Jaguars fly overnight Thursday and arrive Friday morning. Uh, and here's a quote from W. Christopher Winter uh, of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, excuse, I think, I'm assuming he's the sleep specialist here. Uh, he says, quote, They'll have a lead of four days? Bet the farm on Buffalo. That's absurd. Why did the Jaguars do that? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, when you said that, Nick, I, I you know, I didn't want to, like, you know, disagree with you there. I, I just assume that they wouldn't do anything that foolish. Um, you know, it's it, it it takes the body if at least a few days, ideally a week, to adjust to you know anything more than a couple hours time difference, and uh, that's more than a couple hours time difference. That's quite a few hours. I was I was in Indiana, in, in uh, northwestern Indiana, this past week, and just on the border of where, where the time changes to the eastern time zone, and even that was you know one hour time change was was tough to grapple with. So obviously going to London is much much larger and you know i don't know if i'd put too much stock into you know i wouldn't necessarily bet the farm uh, as the the article indicates on jar on buffalo but it is certainly an advantage and, it, and you know as we're talking about it from an injury perspective um you know if you have to wait out on a guy like yeldon we might we might not know until friday or saturday well, you know like there's a lot of athletes um i'm not just athletes but uh people are creatures of habit and um you know if you're used to going to work at a certain time and suddenly your your schedule gets you know turned upside down and and that's essentially what's happening here happening here um you you can't take it for granted that these guys are just you know such amazing you know in in such amazing phys- physical shape and conditioning that they can just instantly convert to uh to to a, a different time zone there right. well and especially the jaguars i mean they need every advantage they can get at this point yeah. and uh, it some you know some people are affected more by it than others, but the it just seems illogical that the Jaguars would put themselves in a in a position where where that's 
something that we're even talking about. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that they they thought, yeah, red eye, that's a good idea. The guys get to sleep on the plane. It's we don't lose any time that way. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about the comfortability of pra- practicing at your own facility throughout the week. Maybe something along those lines, but still very odd. I hope they have good seats on that on the on the, uh, on the flight over. <laughs> I'm hoping, know, like, yeah, hopefully it's not a commercial flight. Uh, that that very popular direct flight from Jacksonville to London. I'm <laughs> sure that so many people are hopping on. Uh, the receivers, you know, the usual suspects popped up on the injury report for Jacksonville this week. Robinson. Say, don't tell me Marquise Lee is, is on the injury report. Mike, believe it or not, Marquise Lee is on the injury report, and believe it or not, it's a hamstring injury. Uh, he was held out again this past week. He hasn't played since the New England game in week three. Uh, better news, Allen Robinson looks to be fine. He suffered what looked to be a, a pretty bad leg injury uh, in that game, ended up leaving for a little bit. Turns out it's just a bad bruise, but uh, the expectation that, is that he's going to play. Allen Hearns did not practice on Wednesday. That's getting to be a bit routine. So. It is, right. And yeah. you know, same scenario the last two weeks, I believe, for him. He ended up playing, uh, had another touchdown, a little bit of a quiet day yardage-wise. Did see his normal target numbers, which is nice, just kind of unable to hook up with Blake so Bortles. T- tell me about your leading receiver last week and, you know, Oh, geez, Brian Walters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do not even know what to where to begin with Brian Walters. That kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, this was a game where Jacksonville, you know, fell behind uh, you know, fairly early in the second half. Blake Bortles turned the ball over left and right, three picks for him in this game. But yeah, Brian Walters ended up being the leading receiver in this game. Eight catches, eighty seven yards on twelve targets. That was second only to Julius Thomas. He's also on the injury report. Uh, or excuse me, he's not on the injury report this well, week. Well, he's he's fine. He's practicing fully, I believe. Right, he um, was on the injury report yesterday. They said he came out of that game yeah, a little, uh, little with little bruised ribs, up. but yeah. sounds like he's going to be all right. But yeah, I would stay away from Brian Walters for now. Um, I think this is a pretty crowded receiving core. Yeah, you can't often say that about a bad team like Jacksonville, but there is a lot of talent at receiver, well, and I think Brian Walters is pretty low. You know, in as we've order. discussed, um, whether or not in real terms uh, he's doing a great job. Um, Blake Bortles is is putting up some you know kind of fantasy friendly numbers there quietly. Um, you know people are just you know they talk about the Jags and they're not they don't really think uh, of a a passing offense that can generate much in the way of fantasy value. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he keeps on rattling off these three hundred yard games. I mean, that, I guess part of it is that they're behind a lot. But right. you know, you get a yard is a yard, man. Yeah, exactly, and he's been a monster. You know, if your if your league doesn't penalize much for interceptions, I think Blake Bortles has probably been among the top quarterbacks, probably top ten quarterbacks in that league. Bernard Pierce not listed on the injury report. He was held out with a concussion uh, that was suffered in the Jaguars' previous game. Oh, you were talking about that last week. We were. Yeah. We you know we had, initially I was joking about it. He had that play that kind of went viral. He was blocking for the wrong team on a punt return, and then it turned out that uh, hey, this guy's concussed, and maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, so it went from funny to not funny pretty quickly, but it sounds like this maybe wasn't too severe of a concussion. The fact that you know he only missed one week and he's not listed on Wednesday is certainly a good sign. Probably not a guy you want to ride too heavily in any leagues whatsoever uh, as the third back uh, behind Toby Gerhardt and Denard Robinson. The Tennessee Titans, they host one loss, Atlanta. Atlanta took that first loss of the season on Thursday night against New Orleans last week. That's a noon game. Harry Douglas did not practice. He's a backup receiver. Uh, and Marcus Mariota did not practice on Wednesday. He, of course, has a sprained MCL, took that low hit uh, from the Dolphins' Olivier Vernon. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the highlight of this hit. I thought yeah. it looked like Vernon fell into him a little bit. Vernon ended up being fined on Tuesday uh, for the hit, which, you know, I think the league needs to do what they can to protect 
their quarterbacks, especially their young quarterbacks. But still, I didn't think this was a, a super malicious hit as far as those well, you type know, of hits the, go. The, the coach had a beef about it, and you know maybe the NFL paid it, paid attention to that. Uh, you know, but fortunately, it, it's not a long term injury, and, and it's actually to the point where even though Mariota didn't practice today, he uh, says he has a pretty, he feels that he has a pretty good chance of playing this weekend. I mean, I'm not completely sold on that notion. I mean, you don't want to like rush a, you know, number two pick overall franchise type quarterback there into action if he's not ready. But uh, there does seem to be a a legitimate chance that he is going to play this week. If not, it's it's Zach uh, Mettenberger time, Um, you know. I guess in daily lineups, if you're uh, looking, if Marietta would get scratched, you know, you can always like play that like dirt cheap quarterback strategy. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to do that this week. No, no, and uh, you know, like you said, Zach Bentenberger in line to get the start if Mariota can't go. Um, I think they're going to do everything they can to have Mariota ready for this game. The Houston Texans are at Miami in a noon game. Arian Foster, uh, another guy who's kind of just a, a routine inclusion yeah. on the injury Limited list. Limited every Limited Wednesday. Wednesday. But... You know, kind of the Tony Romo of the running back position when Romo was healthy. He seemed to pop up every Wednesday as a limited participant, just trying to get him a little extra rest on that groin. Nate Washington practiced in full. He's missed the last two games. He's a guy, you know, Cecil Shorts, unlikely to play Sunday with a hamstring injury. Nate Washington has a chance to be the number two guy opposite DeAndre Hopkins in this offense. Yeah, I mean, like, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his 7,000 targets, and uh, I, I would say that maybe Nate Washington has made a higher percentage play than the younger guys that, that they were rolling with when both Shorts and um, Washington were out. That's, uh, that's uh, Jalen Strong and, and Keith Mumphrey. Um, so if you're, if you're scrambling for wideout help, um, you know, maybe Nate, Nate Washington is an option not a super high upside play there uh you know because Hopkins is the guy that they they roll with but uh yeah there's there's definitely a lot you know I'm in a few leagues and there's a few leagues that where like I'm just looking for anyone you know with a pulse to be my number three receiver either due to injuries or 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 bye weeks there um the Indianapolis Colts they are home against New Orleans in a noon game uh, as they lick their wounds from that Sunday night loss to New England no real injuries that we're keeping an eye on with them, but it sounds like Andrew Luck is going to be good to go going yeah. forward. He looked pretty good uh, against New England and you know, finally maybe shook the rust off a little bit after those two Hasselbeck starts. You know, I, I guess the uh, – sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, let's go ahead. That's it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a period or a comma there. Uh, more, more period than comma. Okay, maybe a little cool. half. Yeah, the, the only thing I kind of was you know, wanted to interject there is that um, obviously Frank Gore is the lead back there, but, you know, they, they got a mad br- – my Bradshaw back, um, you know, resigned him last week, and um, he's already back in the offense. He, you know, he didn't do much, four carries for eight yards, but he instantly took over that number two sort of change of pace uh, back job. So I guess if something happens to Frank Gore, Ahmad Bradshaw is your guy, and um, he's a guy that has had lots of injuries over the, over the years, but, uh, you know, if healthy, he could be a nice little sneaky pickup there. Let's move on to the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs play host to Pittsburgh in a noon game. This is a very interesting one. And you know, as I was going through and making my pick'em uh, picks earlier today, I, I just I don't know. I had to ask. I, I pulled the guys in the office and got a pretty mixed response on how this one's going to turn out. Um, 
We'll start with the injuries. Jamal Charles, obviously we know the story with him. He's done for the season. Jeremy Macklin, the big one for Kansas yeah. City, he did not practice on Wednesday with a concussion. Sounds like his status is very, very much up in the air at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 too early in the week to know, but, I mean, he's definitely concussed. That was confirmed, you know, right, right after the game there. And um, that's a guy that they can't really afford to lose, especially after losing Charles. There was a, a lot of excitement in fantasy circles about Charkandrick West and yeah, he's he, he saw more snaps than Miles Davis. Uh, Miles Davis, yeah, the <laughs> jazz guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Niall Davis. Um, he saw more snaps than him, but uh, neither of those guys really uh, ran with the job. Uh, West had a fumble. Uh, I, I would imagine that he's going to hold on to the starting job, but uh, I think it's going to be more of a, a you know a continued timeshare there, and uh, all those all those people that like spent their entire free agent budget on West are a little bit disappointed. But, yeah, Macklin, um, if, if he's not able to go, I guess you're looking at, you know, Albert Albert Wilson, maybe Chris Conley. Uh, not, it, not a lot of names that you love there. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's when you get in, into the uh, receivers with the Pulse for 200, you know, if you're really looking for, you know, a deep dart in your number three slot if your uh, wideout core is banged up or, or dealing with bye weeks there. All right, Denver Broncos are on by, so the Oakland Raiders, they're at San Diego in the late game. The Raiders have been very healthy this season, a team we haven't really had to talk a whole lot about, but Latavius Murray. Um, yeah, he practiced fully today. So practiced in full, so. He's good to go. He was a guy we were kind of watching. Their, their injury report was a little bit later uh, as far as when it came out publicly, yeah. but Time sounds like he's going to be fine. everybody, he's, he's practicing fully, so. Uh, oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that is a, a backfield where it's a little strange that um, – the Raiders really just have Roy Hallou and, and Taiwan Jones backing up Latavius Murray. So you know that as long as he's healthy, he's going to keep on getting the carries. And it just seemed, it, it, it always struck me as a little bit strange that they didn't try to bolster their backfield depth, um, you know, as the season went along. But, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys still floating around. Um, I think Pierre Thomas has, you know, had a bunch of tryouts. And yeah. uh, there's there's – I'm, I'm telling you, Nick. There's going to be like one random guy that gets signed in week ten. That like, I think Ahmad Bradshaw might have been that guy. I think maybe he struck a little early this year. Yeah, I mean, Frank Gore is tough, and uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to get an injury, but uh, yeah, I mean, if if something happened to Frank Gore, uh, yeah, Bradshaw, why not? All right, San Diego Chargers. As we finish out the AFC, they host Oakland again. That's a late game. One of the two late games on Sunday. Melvin Gordon did not practice on Wednesday. Minor ankle issue. Says he's, quote, good to play. Uh, the bigger question with him might be the fumble issues that got him benched yeah. for most of the second half against Green Bay last week. We saw a lot of Danny Woodhead, a little bit of Brandon Oliver sprinkled in there. How worried about are you about uh, those fumble issues affecting Gordon's workload? I mean, two, two fumbles last week, uh, four and 91 touches this year. Um, that, that makes me want to ask you, uh, you know, to the best of your knowledge, um, what was his uh, deal with fumbles uh, while he was at Wisconsin? He wasn't, you know, a, a lockdown ball security guy, but he also wasn't. You know, I don't think that was something that was hampering his draft stock by any means. You know, when he came out, I don't think that was a huge yeah, worry. Like they're talking about that with Abdullah, but right, uh, Abdullah yeah. was the guy that was maybe more of a fumble liability, and and that's kind of been the case so far with him too. Both of these guys uh, have had issues with that, but 
you know, I mean, it's just one of those things, rookie running backs adjusting yeah. to the NFL. If there's anything that is going to keep you off the field and when you're a high running back draft pick with so much invested in you, uh, you know, like Melvin Gordon has with the San Diego Chargers, it's putting the ball on the ground. And, you know, they have two other capable backs, albeit kind of specialists in Brandon Oliver uh, and Danny Woodhead. But, you know, if Gordon's going to put the ball on the, on the ground, well, I think they're not going to hesitate to go elsewhere. I think all three of them ended up with seven carries last week against the Packers. Right. Uh, I think Dan- Woodhead finished with, what, eight yards on seven carries yeah. as they kind of tried to use him in short-yarded situations. That didn't quite work out. I mean, if, if he gets the blocking, he, he can run. But he's, you know, obviously a lot more dangerous as a pass catcher. He caught five passes for 63 yards. But they did not spend a first-round draft pick on Melvin Gordon to not have him carry the ball most of the time. So I... That's obviously going to be the plan going forward, but maybe this week there might be a little bit of a timeshare in play. Uh, maybe if Gordon gets the hot hand, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll let him run with it there. But, uh, yeah, I think he's in that kind of, like, awkward, like, yeah, i got to make sure I protect the ball. And, you know, he thinks about it every play, and then it sort of compounds itself by turning into kind of a an overthinking issue. I mean, I, I read one of his quotes today, which – said yeah like, i have to think about it every play but i don't want to think about that's it almost too not much. a good thing you know you, yeah. you, you kind of like to think that the best backs the best ball security backs in the league aren't thinking every time they get the ball man i better not fumble this you know i think you got to get to a point where it just doesn't become an issue and i think we'll get there eventually yeah um, i mean like maybe you should like look at some old tiki barber highlight <laughs> films where like barber was having some issues with fumbles a few years back and then um they coached him up on this like really exaggerated way of clutching the ball that, right. that that did the job but like yeah there's there's definitely times where guys that are uh you know dealing with fumbling issues it gets inside their head and they start thinking so much about carrying the ball that they can't really pay attention to where the holes are and stuff so it, it'll be interesting to see i mean the guy's got plenty of talent but a little bit of a little bit of a boomer bust pick this week in fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Antonio Gates did not practice with a knee injury. Uh, the report I read at least speculated that this is probably just a Veterans Day off. Yeah, for him. we're, we're going to find out tomorrow. I mean, he's either going to be back at practice and no no problem, or we put him on the injury radar if if he doesn't return. Mm-hmm. Two guys that are definitely still on the injury radar: Stevie Johnson practiced in a limited fashion. First practice rep since week four, so he's missed the last two games. Uh, kind of a questionable designation at this point. Keenan Allen uh, did not practice on Wednesday. He was on fire yeah. before that that hip injury he went down with a, I think it was a, a hip pointer or one of the, one of hip something flexor. hip flexor. Yeah. Um, just sucking up targets left and right. Yeah. The, Fifteen the, targets, right? The Chargers just catches. kept throwing it. Even after he went out of the game, they kept throwing it. But yeah, Green Bay really didn't have an answer for him. Uh, he was working the middle. He was making nice catches along the sideline. Uh, you know, really kind of on pace for what might have been close to a, a record-setting yeah, we, day. We were looking up uh, at Rotowire HQ. We were looking up the, uh, the, you know, how far he was away from the record. He, he had a, he had a ways to go, but uh, you know, he got hurt in the third quarter. So, you know, if he hadn't got hurt, he at least might have made it interesting. Um, you know, at the pace he was going, and and you know, Philip Rivers, uh, he was getting a lot of uh, a lot of yards there, and uh, Antonio Gates was racking up the yards at tight end. Um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of production to be had in that offense Malcolm on Sunday. Malcolm Floyd got, in, and got yeah. in on the action. Everybody. Yeah. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting in Week 7. DraftKings will be hosting another Millionaire Maker event. This time, $1.2 million goes to first place. If you go to DraftKings.com now, you can enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. That'll allow you to play free with that first deposit on DraftKings.com. Again, the promo code is ROTOWIRE. That'll get you free entry now with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time.
All right, so let's move on now to the NFC, Mike, and we'll start in the East. The Philadelphia Eagles are at Carolina in what is all of a sudden a pretty intriguing Sunday night game now. Carolina, that big win, big comeback win uh, at Seattle on Sunday coming off of their bye week. And in Philadelphia, a convincing win on Monday night at home over the Giants. So uh, a very exciting Monday night, excuse me, Sunday night matchup this week. Nelson Aguilar on the injury report for Philadelphia. He did not practice with the ankle. Hasn't practiced since getting hurt in week five. Um, We're not really sure what his status is. Probably leaning toward doubtful, I would think, at this point. Well, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But in any case, even if he does play, uh, wait and see is is the word on him. Um, You know, as much as I liked him, you know, coming out of the draft as kind of a logical, you know, replacement for Jeremy Macklin. Um, until he gets a full and productive game in, I'd, I'd stay away. Riley Cooper's on the injury report. Had a decent game against the Giants, but, uh, you know, I'm not super fired up about him as, as a fantasy option there. Uh, we'll move to the Washington Redskins. They play host to Tampa Bay in a noon game. Matt Jones, uh, the, the waiver wire darling of weeks two and three, uh, who really hasn't done a whole lot since then. He practiced in full. He had a toe injury. Expected to play this week. Do you kind of do you anticipate him getting his value back to where it was? You know, after that, I think he had a big game. Of, maybe it was week two. Yeah, I'm a little bit um, leery about it. I you am know, too. Chris Thompson, you know, was looking really good there as a sort of pass catcher, uh, and also getting some carries. But he uh, he hurt his back this uh, this last week there, so he's he's a little iffy this week. And uh, Alfred Morris, uh, you, you would think that they would stick with him, but you know, he didn't have a great. Um, Week six, 11 carries for 21 yards. So, yeah, you know, Jones is uh, assuming he's healthy. He's going to get some carries, and if he if he starts uh, getting hot, then yeah, maybe he can uh, end up uh, seeing more carries than Alfred Morris. But it's certainly not anything I would count on, and I would assume that um, a you know not a best case scenario, but a a, a most likely scenario is that uh, it's a timeshare that continues to uh, tilt in favor of uh, Alfred Morris. Big divisional matchup in the NFC East this weekend. Uh, one of the two late games on Sunday is Dallas at the New York Giants. We'll talk about these two teams together. Uh, we know Tony Romo is still going to be out. We know Matt Castle is going to be the starter this week. Des Bryant is yet to practice this week. Jason Garrett basically said, you know, if he can practice, there's a chance he'll play. It sounds like this is an injury no, that a there's a... dumb and dumber, a, so you're saying uh, it's a chance, I think. Yeah, I know. I, I just, you know, if you're a Des owner... Do you even want him to play? You know, there's such a high yeah. risk for re-injury in these foot issues. I think just hold him out at least one yeah, you're, more week. You're, you're a guy who who uh, covers the uh, the NBA a lot, and and you see that these foot injuries, man. If you don't take care of them, if you don't, you it's know, not worth it. Yeah, it's like just it, not worth for it. Like one or two weeks to put a, a a player in in you know who's a franchise type player who's got a huge contract, uh, who's you know a big part of their future. You know, you don't you don't want to risk those guys for like a week. You know, even though the Cowboys are reeling, you know they they've lost a few games in a row. They could they could really stand to uh, you know get, get uh, some kind of spark there. But I, I think all along the plan has been kind of to just stay afloat, and then um, you know Romo and Bryant come in roughly at the same time or, or close to the same time, and and uh, you know get get that last push there to hopefully get them in the playoff picture right and that's the thing about des Bryant. it's like do you really want to rush him back so we can play with matt castle you know i think uh you know you certainly don't want to hold him out to to match up the the timeline with romo if he is ready to get back but if he's not 100 percent, i don't think there's any reason to force him back uh into a quarterback situation that isn't exactly yeah, favorable I, mean, like, I, th- I think if he'd like 
practiced today and and looked really good, then yeah, maybe maybe I buy into it. But like, you're down to your last two practices. You haven't practiced for a while, and I realize that he's the kind of guy that typically doesn't need to practice to play. But we're talking about a guy that's coming back from surgery. He's not. We're not talking about a guy that just you know missed a game or two. It's 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 going to take him a while to get up to speed, and you just don't want to mess with that kind of injury because it is so easy to aggravate if you rush back. Right. Looking at the giant side of this matchup, Ruben Randall limited during Wednesday's walkthrough. Uh, of course, they played on one or excuse me, on Monday night so they're a little bit behind most teams. Uh, Odell Beckham did not participate in the walkthrough, although he did say after Monday's game that he didn't suffer any setbacks. He said the hamstring felt pretty good. So, sounds like there really shouldn't be any yeah, issue I mean, with I him. Yeah, I think those guys they were definitely more iffy last week than they are heading into this week. I mean, stating the obvious, they both played, but given that they didn't suffer any setbacks, given that they, you know, maybe weren't a hundred percent on Monday, but they they played enough snaps and you know to see a decent amount of targets. So they, they, I think they'll be fine this week, barring any unexpected setbacks there. Right, and final note for the Giants: Victor Cruz still not expected back this week as he continues to deal with that calf injury. Moving to the NFC North, Green Bay Packers are on a bye week. Uh, we can talk quickly about them. They should get Devontae Adams back after the bye, you would think. It sounded like there were some rumblings that he might play last week. They ended up holding him out. Turns out that's probably the right decision yeah. as they were still able to get the win. They lost Ty Montgomery in that game against San Diego. That doesn't sound too bad, though. No, it looked worse than it was. I don't know if you were watching yeah, that game live yeah. as I was. He, I mean, he looked like he couldn't put any weight right, on it. He kind of got rolled like, up on. You get that like, oh, man, he's getting carted off and he doesn't look happy. And, right. You know, doesn't look good. But yeah. Looks like the bye week is probably going to be all he needs, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you've you've got uh, you've got the Eddie Lacy with a big question mark next I have to him. Eddie Lacy dot 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 question mark. Um, and the reason for that is I don't know if he's injured or what happened on Sunday, but you know James Starks ended up getting the brunt of the workload. Starks did only have uh, ten carries in this game. The yardage total looked quite a bit bigger because of a sixty-five yard touchdown run, but. You know, I think a lot of people were kind of panicking. A lot of Eddie well, Lacy owners were panicking after this game. The way I look at it, and, and I think in the beginning of the year, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to go d- dig into the archives of our podcast there, but I, I mentioned Eddie Lacy as a guy that I just was kind of staying away from for a, a few different reasons. Just uh, didn't really like the way, uh, you know, he, he's just a big guy. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, call him out for being out of shape or, or that, but, like, he kind of looks out of shape and um you know Mike Doria calls out Eddie Lacy <laughs> mind you uh you know he's a big physical back and you know that's that's part of his game but uh more importantly I thought to myself well this is a guy that like you know he he hurts people he knocks people down but like he just seems to be the kind of guy that uh, puts himself in a position to be injured and and even though uh, I don't think he was in the, on the injury report this week there's been whispers that he's still dealing with a little bit of a nagging ankle injury and maybe that that was part of it but i guess to to sort of maybe better answer your question if um you would if if you know about fantasy football if you know about the packers if you know about the nfl you know and assume that eddie lacy's the top guy you know he, he has been for a while now but if you had just if you're watching your first nfl football game and you were looking at those two players you would James Stark looked like the better back, more explosive, more energetic, uh, more effective. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, going forward, uh, how much of a timeshare that becomes. I mean, do do they kind of keep Starks as kind of the complimentary change of pace guy? 
you know, insurance ready Lacey or, or does it become a timeshare? It, it's, it's not like a, a lock that Eddie Lacey's going to immediately get the, uh, the bulk of the carries back. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Um, it, I think the, the week of rest, a, we'll kind of table this argument, I guess, for a week, and people maybe will, will, will start it back up next week. But I was able to go grab Starks in one of my shallower leagues. Um, I, I think I had Thomas Rawls kind of riding on my bench after, after Lynch was back, and you know, I figured, why not? I, mean, I think the upside is certainly there. Like you said, he certainly looked like the better back. He's a and that's bit not quicker. the first time I've noticed that. This no, year not at or all. Even in the past. No, no. I mean, he was he was the guy when in the, during that Super Bowl run, uh, you know, three four years ago, whenever that was. And you know, I, I think they'll definitely they'll definitely keep him around as a change of pace back at the least. I wouldn't expect the kind of split that we saw. And he's saw. not like a little change of pace back no. either. Yeah. No, no, exactly. He's not Brandon Oliver. You know, he's a guy that is definitely capable of handling, uh, you know, a number one running back's workload. So it'll be very interesting to see how this shakes out. You know, ideally, if you're the Packers, you want to get Eddie Lacy going. But if James Starks is playing like he like he was on on Sunday, I don't think you necessarily have a problem with him uh, being the featured guy if he has to. But I think it's, we're a long way from that really being the case yeah. on a consistent basis. And you know, as long as they like are committed to Eddie Lacy, I think that they're it's in their best interest to to have him. You know, in top form. You know, let's say week 13, 14. You know that. When it gets really cold, as the playoffs approach, you know you want you want that that uh, you know tough runner there, and uh, yeah, yeah, but exactly. In- I think they'll both have a role when the games start to really count later in the season. The Minnesota Vikings at Detroit, uh, another uh, interdivision battle, as we just talked about. Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys Probably a going Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving preview. I don't know if it is, but uh, I, I think uh, I think the Packers play on Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. don't oh. they? Isn't, isn't like yeah, isn't the Brett Favre isn't the Brett Favre uh, Ring of Honor oh, induction okay. going on in, yeah. in Thanksgiving? Not I don't know. Honest. You're not a, you're not a Green Bay uh, excuse me a Green Bay guy, so you don't care about this yeah, stuff. I just know as much Detroit as I do, plays. <laughs> yes, I think and Dallas. Historically, they've been known to do that. Um, but the yeah, the Vikings are at Detroit. Uh, noon game, AP limited Wednesday with a finger injury. I assume that's not going to be much of a bother yeah. to him. And Charles Johnson back at practice Wednesday. He had a rib injury. Yeah, not not, not much to talk about there, other than the fact that Adrian Peterson, while while staying healthy, has not really um, been a consistent fantasy uh, producer. But uh, yeah, I think he'll pick it up as the season goes along. There. All right, the Detroit Lions. They're home against Minnesota, as we just said. Again, that's a noon game. Joyke Bell practiced in full Wednesday. He's missed the last three games. Eric Ebron was limited Wednesday. He hasn't played since week four. Theo Riddick limited Wednesday. A uh, guy who's been really sucking up quite a few targets in the passing game. Kind of the uh, the new Benny Cunningham uh, for this team. Amir Abdullah, not listed on the report. Uh, there, there were kind of rumblings that he came out of that last game with an arm injury. Doesn't sound like that serious at all. Uh, but we touched on him a little bit earlier, a guy who's had some fumble issues. So he's kind of in the same vein as uh, as Melvin Gordon. You, you kind of worry with some other backs on this roster if his workload's going to be limited. And then the last guy that we're keeping an eye on for Detroit, Brandon Pettigrew, did not participate on Wednesday. Uh, he's coming back from a knee injury. Yeah, that backfield is uh, it's just not – it's just a big headache right now. You know, Riddick is just involved enough to, you know, devalue Abdullah and, and Bell when he does play. Uh, although he does present some uh, value in PPR leagues there. Uh, Abdullah just, uh, you know, I, I again, you know, like I've, I've, I've mentioned that I like his upside, you know, in open space there, but he, he, apart from, you know, a handful of plays there, he just hasn't gotten it going, and, part you know, part of it's the fumbling deal there. Um, Bell, in the past, is kind of one of those guys that you just kind of write, consistently write off, and even though I'm not, like, excited about, 
him in any lineups this week. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how many how many touches he gets in his re- probable return there. Um, you know, they Detroit needs to mix some things up. So, you know, who knows? Bell could actually, you know, revert to uh, fantasy utility uh, against, you know, the odds there. We figured if he was hurt, Abdullah was just going to, you know, take over and, and never look back. But so far... We're not, we're not there yet. All right, the last team in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, they head into their bye week in week seven. Um, we'll talk about them more in week eight, but Alshon Jeffrey came back in week six after a few weeks off, and he came back in a big way and yep. was, had a vintage Alshon Jeffrey game, eight catches, 147 yards, and one touchdown, kind of reminding everyone how good he can be when he's healthy, a, a true number one. In yeah, I'm, I'm not going to miss the, the, the consecutive weeks of every – Bears receiver being listed as questionable or a game time decision or something like that. I mean, I think when they come back from their bye next week, they should have a relatively clean injury report there. All right, let's move down to the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints, they're at Indianapolis in a noon game. Uh, the, really, only, the only guy we're keeping an eye on for New Orleans, Marcus Colston, limited Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Big name, small production this yes, year. Yes, yes, bigger name. Uh, definitely a bigger name than the production that he's given over the last couple of seasons and you know an especially slow season this year for the veteran missed last week's game with a separated shoulder limited Wednesday sounds like he's questionable but when I hear the word separated shoulder I feel like that that should be probably a, a two-week absence right yep I mean um two-week minimum six-week uh I mean I'd... I think for me that just might be a career ending <laughs> Yeah. I would just never. I would never play sports again. I always get excited about talking about dislocated or separated shoulders because that's the one injury that I have an extensive resume on. Really? And How many times have you separated your shoulder? Well, um, <laughs> is this a hockey injury? Under a hundred, uh, but over twenty. I, I don't know. Probably, probably in the neighborhood of twenty to thirty times over the years. What? Yeah. Is that like doing what? Um, Football, uh, intramural football, hockey. Um, is this a softball, common hockey injury? Volleyball, you, uh, sneezing too hard. Do you just have <laughs> separation-prone shoulders? Those well, Doria shoulders. Well, you know, I, I don't want to bore the uh, listeners with the details of it, but after the original injury, uh, I probably foolishly rushed back and I played the next week, and, and um, I, I heard it in playing uh, intramural football, but. I rushed back, and then, you know, next week popped out again, and uh, eventually had surgery, and um, stayed in place for a couple of years. But it, it pops out all the time. I mean, may, maybe not. Like I haven't played the contact sports uh, too much lately, but I just know that uh, it's it's one of those injuries where the if you rushed if you rush back, it's like you know a concussion or something like that. If you the, the closer you are to the injury, the easier it is to aggravate it. Therefore, typically, if it's a partial separation, you need it, you know, at least a couple of weeks. And if it's a full dislocation, there, like it's kind of a, you know, four to six week minimum there. So, in, in Colson's case, uh, you know, there there was fears that it might be structural damage. So, yeah, he's he's looking pretty iffy this week. All right, Carolina Panthers. They host Philadelphia again on the Sunday night game. Nothing really to keep an eye on there. Tampa Bay is at Washington in a noon game. Austin Safarian Jenkins still a non-participant in practice. He hasn't played since week two. They're holding out some hope that maybe he could play. Sounds like maybe week eight or nine is a little bit more realistic for him. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they're at Tennessee in a noon game. Leonard Hankerson, he's limited Wednesday, uh, still dealing with the – they're listening with a rib-slash-hamstring injury, so two – uh, minor ailments, just five catches over the last two games for him, a guy that kind of broke out and was looking like a true number two 
uh, behind Julio Jones. Looked like maybe he had supplanted Roddy White in that role, but you know maybe it's this these uh, ribbon hamstring ailments, excuse me, hamstring ailments that have been uh, that have been limiting his production over the last couple of weeks. But he's cooled off a little bit. Yeah, right now it's just a it's a little tough to trust either of those guys. Uh, I I do have a feeling that maybe as the season rolls along, maybe Roddy White will sort of resurface as a useful option. But uh, you know, so far uh, last couple of weeks there showed he's displayed some signs of life, but definitely not a reliable uh, lineup option now. And, and as you mentioned, Hankerson cooled off a little bit. Uh, kudos to those who got good value out of him while people were, you know, instinctively keeping White in their lineups and you know getting some nice surprising um, production out of Hankerson. All right, the. NFC West, we will talk about here real quickly. Oh, wait, no, we have more notes on the Atlanta Falcons. Roddy White limited on Wednesday. We just, we just yeah, touched on him briefly. You know, uh, probably a Veterans we'll Day see. off maybe we'll in, the, you know, in the vein of Antonio Gates. He's definitely a guy who gets his name on the injury report a lot. Um, but, yeah, like uh, I don't have a sense that it's anything that's going to imperil his Week 7 availability, but uh, – as we just mentioned there, he's a little hard to trust in fantasy right now. Right. One final positive note, a very positive note for the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones not listed on the report for the first time in a few weeks. So sounds like he's finally uh, nearing 100% health. Of course, he hasn't really missed any time. The NFC West will finish out with St. Louis plays host to Cleveland in a noon game. Tavon Austin didn't practice Wednesday. He is a hamstring. Trey Mason did not practice with an ankle. And Lance Kendricks underwent thumb surgery. He's out several weeks. Kendricks was kind of the hero against Seattle in week one, caught that long touchdown uh, that ended up winning them the game. Former Badger. Uh, former Badger. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that. Former Badger, Lance Kendricks. But uh, really, other than that one singular play, uh, he hasn't really been much of a fantasy consideration. Seattle is at San Francisco in the Thursday night game, so short week for them. Tyler Lockett listed as probable with a hip injury, uh, and Marshawn Lynch also listed as probable yeah, with a hamstring. Yeah, he only gave up one carry um, in, in his return to action this, this last uh, weekend there, so uh, Lynch is fine. Uh, yeah, we you mentioned briefly uh, Trey Mason did not practice, but, like, yeah, you're Trey Mason, uh, you know, he's really an afterthought now that Gurley is, is back healthy and um, – I'm really interested to see, you know, what Gurley can do after, you know, kind of impressive uh, first couple of weeks there. Has had some time to rest, and um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see what he does. Are you familiar with the? Uh, I hope that I'm uh, doing this justice. I, I think they're in maybe 80s, 90s, maybe more 90s. De La Soul, uh, yep. the rapper. rumors of the heart. Trey Mason's father is in De La Soul. Oh, nice. I don't really know what De La Soul has, has sung or uh, done. I think but, I just uh, told you the, their, their big hit. I think it's like Rumors of the Heart or something like that. And they have like a... Oh, a, did they have uh, a song called like Me, Myself, and I? Uh, I think they I'm did. I'm not sure, but like they have that a, it was on an NCAA cover that looks like game. a twister or something like that, you know, with the the, the, the flowers and stuff. Uh, yes, yes, that is very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, do I know my '80s album art or what? Well, what genre are they? Are they, are they considered rap or more like funk? I know the one song um, that I that I know from that that NCAA football, I think it's like '06 video game, was more of a. I funkier. mean, they were funky pop, I guess. I don't know. They, 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 they cheerful, popular, record selling uh, band there for a while. Yeah, it's like. Uh, so, would you say is uh, what's the relation again? Trey Mason's dad is a member of De La Soul. Well, that's the most interesting um, 
like a relative uh, since uh, Justin Fargus, the Raiders uh, running back, who's, uh, whose dad uh, portrayed Huggy Bear and Starsky and Hutch, the TV show. No way. Yeah. I was not aware of that. <laughs> All right, let's finish out with a couple more NFC West teams. The 49ers, as we just said, they play on Thursday against Seattle. They're the host team there. Reggie Bush listed as probable. Vernon Davis listed as probable. Davis missed the last two games before uh, the win over Baltimore this past Sunday. Anquan Bolden, questionable. He's been limited the last two days with a hamstring. And Carlos Hyde, maybe the most uh, fantasy-relevant of all these guys, also listed as questionable with a foot injury. I mean, Hyde is questionable, but it sounds like he's probably going to go. Reggie Bush is a guy that you just, you know, can't really trust until he does something. Um, And and, uh, Vernon Davis, we mentioned him earlier, but, uh, you know, he did return last week. But um, out of uh, all three tight ends that were targeted uh, for the 49ers last week, Vance McDonald's the only one to catch a pass and caught one pass for 10 yards. And, uh, you know, Vernon Davis at one point was just, you know, top-tier tight end. And, and whether whether or not he's, um, you know, experienced any, you know, reduction in explosiveness or speed or it's just the offense and, you know, not being on the same page. But, yeah, a guy that uh, at one point seemed like a pretty reliable uh, tight end option is now kind of an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, his age and all those all those miles maybe starting to catch up to him. We'll finish out with the Arizona Cardinals. They're the Monday night host team against Baltimore. And the only name we're really looking at here is Darren Fells, likely out two to three weeks with a shoulder injury. Yeah, um, you know, it's been a tough, tough uh, year to be a, a tight end named Fells. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Darren, I mean, he's going he's gonna to be out for a little while, but uh, not really a fantasy factor too much and, you know, kind of a bye week plug-in kind of guy. And, uh, you know, Andre Ellington is back, but, you know, Chris Johnson is still seeing a lot of carries there. So that's that's a backfield that we want to watch the rest of the year, you know, because David Johnson is around too. And um, we're going to get a chance to focus on them pretty uh, – a lot on Monday. And, and you know, sometimes that's 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 all – it's, it's kind of cool to maybe be able to – you know, like on Sunday you're just like so scattered watching so many teams – uh, the Cardinals are a team that I really haven't had a chance to just really dig into one of their games. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they look Monday and, and a, more, you know, more than anything interested in seeing how that backfield looks. Yeah, I was able to see them against Detroit a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, seeing how that Detroit team has turned out through the first uh, third of the season maybe wasn't the best way to, to get a read on Arizona. That'll do it for us. That's all I have, at least. Thanks for listening to the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, we're brought to you by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your first deposit, and that'll get you a free contest entry on DraftKings today. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.